Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Geek Context, it is here we discuss insightful reviews on a routine bi-weekly basis over the incredibly nerdy things we can't stop talking about. To take you on this turkey ride are your host, Josh. Hi there. Ew. And myself, Jason, why don't you take a seat, sit back, relax, we're here to do all the heavy lifting, it's about to get nerdy. This is episode 7-7. Joker man, Joker man, does whatever an insane person does. So you're actually insane. Well, that Joker movie came out. And... And Spidey's back, Spidey's back, everyone cheer cause Spidey's back, I knew this day would come. So, but for how long though? At, oh, uh, you know, two movies. More like 1.5. <sighs> Again, throwback to old FGC podcast episodes. Don't you put that negativity into the air. So what's the deal with this new deal, right? Because we fans were under the impression that we were supposed to get a trilogy. And, and, and for context for everybody that's asking, uh, the news is that Spider-Man is back. Now, if you Ooh. haven't been paying attention, there's this whole big conflict that happened over the summertime, right after Far From Home came out, right after they you know crossed that billion-dollar marker, we all celebrated and rejoiced. And then the news started flowing out, which we're going to get into, but uh, apparently a deal could have been reached and uncharacteristically for a studio, Sony was very quick to defend itself and their decisions and saying that it's, you know, not just one party. You know, there were other parties involved. Kevin Feige is too busy. But we all know that's just a bunch of BS. And, um, yeah, he's back now. So the deal is we were supposed to get a trilogy beforehand. I mean, this was the rumor that was going around, but, you know, who the heck even knows nowadays because none of us are actually there. We usually take rumors at face value because it is what it is. And we were supposed to get three movies in this trilogy. And then we were supposed to get three movies, part of the Marvel studio, you know, batch of movies. And um, again, news broke over the summer. Far From Home wasn't going to make a billion dollars and the deal would fall apart. They make a billion dollars. And then the deal still falls apart. It's true. Right? Yes. Right. Then Tom Holland, the guy who plays Peter Parker, 
makes a, an appearance, and I'm, I'm sorry, not an appearance. He makes an appeal, not an appearance. I don't know why I want to say that. But in any case, he makes an appeal to both studios. What, I mean, explain this to me. What is, what, please explain to me what happened. So Tom Holland was upset because he got really, really close with the people from the MCU and Kevin Feige and people at Disney. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yo, listen up to uh, uh who's the current ceo of disney right now i uh, bob Iger. yeah bob Iger. he was like listen bob i need you to get spider-man back and then he went over to the ceo of uh sony right now which mm-hmm. what's his name right now uh howard stringer is it howard stringer i think so I'm for now it's yes. howard stringer you look that up while i make my rent went to howard stringer possibly and he was like listen we need to get Spider-Man back to the MCU. And he also used his leverage with Sony because Sony is also currently making an Uncharted movie mm-hmm. with Tom Holland playing young Nathan Drake or Nathan Drake as we know it so far. I'm assuming it's going to be young Nathan Drake. We'll see. That's a different story. So I'm assuming he used his leverage for, for that plus his relationship with Disney as well as Kevin Feige and everybody else at Marvel uh, to kind of... Bridge the gap, if you will. Uh, he's Spider-Man pulling two sides of the of the ferry, of the Staten Island ferry, and he's also the one stopping the train. So he's doing all that stuff. He's like screaming, uh, and then he's like, "Get these guys back together!" And they got back together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, he was upset because Hot Girl Summer got canceled because of this. So then he was like, "Listen, I need Spider-Man to be back in the MCU. I need something to work. It's either Hot Girl Summer or it's or it's the MCU." And it was the MCU. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Um. It may have been Howard Stringer. It might have been Tony Vincicara. Howard Stringer sounds more familiar. Right? Any Possibly, case. yes. I don't know. Uh, but, so, the deal came together. It did. And now so, he's and the back! Deal, he's back, My and he's boy. back for 1.5 movies. And I say 1.5 because it's not two movies. It's, it's, alright. It's not two movies, alright? That's okay, though. We get his third solo movie, which we thought, we thought it was going to leave on a cliffhanger again. And we thought that Spider-Man, again, would not get a third movie. Thank goodness that's not the case. And then also the deal is for him to make an appearance in one other MCU film as well. We don't know which one. I'm hoping it's the Doctor Strange one. We'll see. Uh, why Why that one out of all of them? Because there's multiverse stuff happening. And then if he's there, he could possibly help with multiverse stuff. Like for real this time. Not sure. just an illusion. I, I don't know. I feel like this is... Or Captain Marvel. But that's not slated for anything. I don't. I think that's a bad idea. Nah. I think it's a bad idea. You have to understand something. If I'm looking at it this objectively, it looks to me as the CEO of Marvel Studios is looking to finally finish the story that he had in his mind. And then once he's done with it, he's done. We'll see. Also, John Watts has uh, returning to direct. So he uh, honestly will be the first uh, MCU director to complete a trilogy. And also, other fun, interesting fact, the Spider-Man movies will have started and completed before Guardians of the Galaxy have finished their trilogy. Correct. So, yeah. Spider-Man came out right after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 
Mm-hmm. He then appeared in his little string of, you know, Marvel Studios movies, The Avengers. We got Far From Home this past summer. And now we're going to be getting the third Spider-Man movie, whatever in it's going to be 2021. called. 2021, yeah. And um, it's, it's going to be clear that Guardians of the Galaxy may have started production at that time. Possibly, yeah, because we got to wait for uh, James to finish up Suicide Squad. That's it. So it's weird. It's very weird. weird. It's it very was supposed weird. to be James to get the first honors, but I'm fine with John Watson. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, this is what happens when old tweets resurface. And... Oh, poor James. Uh, but he's back. It's, he's fine he's now. Back. He's okay. He's, he's fine, but, you he's know, okay. Spider-Man may not be. He's saddened by, hey, don't I'm say just that. saying. I'm don't just say, being no, realistic. Stop it. No. Uh, okay, you so you think this? this can be... So you think this is salvageable? I think so, because... Uh, I really do think that Disney knows how important that character is and how important it is for the future of the MCU because but let's let's be Disney honest thinks. here. Okay. Like ahead, 100% in all honesty, let the fanboy, you know, leave us for a moment. Mm-hmm. We had 10 amazing years of of these characters that we knew that we loved. 3 of the big heavy hitters are out at this point. We lost Tony Stark. We lost Captain America. We lost Black Widow. We're potentially losing Thor after this fourth movie. So who does that leave us with? Yes, we still have Black Panther, which is, he's amazing, right? We still have Doctor Strange, who's kind of starting to become this big thing because of Infinity War and Endgame. Um, But we don't have, like a heavy hitter like that. Yes, we're going to have Fantastic Four and we're going to have the X-Men, but remember, Fantastic Four has not been the biggest of hits throughout their movie career. So a lot of people have really bad taste in their mouths for them. They have to do something incredible for people to, for, uh, to get people back on board with Fantastic Four. X-Men, they just, let, they just finished off with the most sour taste in their mouth because of Dark Phoenix. It's going to, again, it's going to take something really, really big in order to get them back, to get the audience back on their side for the X-Men as well. And you have to introduce a whole new cast for that again, which we've already seen two different casts for X-Men. This will now be the third. Yeah, I mean, for the past 20 years. Exactly, yeah. But still, you need, like, a big face, right? And the big face of the last 10 years was Iron Man. He was the face. So going forward, you need a face. And who else but Spider-Man can fill that void? Okay. In all honesty. You're making it seem like Disney has a choice in the matter. Well, no. I mean, they they have a choice in the matter of saying like, hey, we need to make something happen to keep this character relevant in our universe. Because if not, people... Not that they'll lose interest, but they need like, again, they need that face. And Spider-Man is that face. I don't see any other character except for uh, maybe the few that I mentioned, like Black Panther, that is going to be the face of the MCU going forward. Mm. Well, if if Sony wants it, then it'll happen. But if Sony does not want it, and it really feels like this whole summer, they didn't want it. I mean, they, at the end of the day, it's it's money, right? That's all it comes down to. And Sony just... Yeah, absolutely. How did this whole thing start? It feels like ego. It can possibly be ego, but at the end of the day, it's money. How did this start? Disney wanted 50%. 
Yes or no? Oh, that's the rumor. But yes or no? I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I heard the same rumor that yeah, you heard. Like, I personally think 25% is way too much. That's, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's like, a, it's, way too much. That means you make a billion dollars. They get 250 million, and yep. they get 750. Yep. Way too much. Way too much. It's just a lot. Keep the money. So, keep the, just keep the money. Keep the money. Yeah, but that's what that's what it's about at the end of the day. So hopefully they either A, come to an agreement, or Disney has to be like, listen, we don't want to make these deals anymore. We know you don't want to make these deals anymore. Here's $10 billion. Give us the character back. See you later. That's never going to happen. Like, that's what, I, I, I believe I that's what Sony asked. That. I think Sony was like, yeah, give us $10 billion and we'll give you back. The that's the rumor. We have um, to keep talking about this as rumor. Nothing I know. of this is official. But, 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 but like, still. Like, Disney, need, if Disney can... Kill out cash for that, then sure, by all means, that's probably what they're gonna have to 10 do. Ten billion for one stable section of Marvel. Yeah, but see, but then I, you're gonna but have remember, these things. You're you're talking about oh yeah, for one character. Uh remember, Spider-Man, this is not a rumor, this is fact. Spider-Man is the most marketable superhero of all time. Even bigger than Superman and Batman. Don't don't doubt that. However, I just think it's I don't know, there's we're in a situation now where if, if Disney decides to say, if the asking price from Sony is $10 billion and they say, fine, we'll fork over the $10 billion, you have all of these other weird films that are going to be coming out. This is exactly what happened with Fox. Fox said the same thing. Oh, you want these characters? Let's, what's your asking price? Uh, for what? $54 billion? Was that that whole deal? Uh, it was more because Comcast came in, right? Uh, no, I felt like a 54 was the higher bid. Was it the higher bid? I don't remember right I, now. But I can't remember but right it's now. Something but it, like that, yeah. It's something like that. But still, that didn't stop. That didn't say like, hey, fuck, you know, listen, guys, you know, Disney's making an offer. Maybe we should slow it down on the movies. Nope, because if it doesn't work, then we got to do things. So what happens? We had Dark Phoenix and the New Mutants. New Mutants is nowhere to be found. Which is never going to come out. So they literally are wasting time. I don't like deals like that. I don't, like, that's just... It's not good. It doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. Morbius is on the slate for things to be. Oh, I it's already being filmed. Morbius. Isn't it already being filmed right now? I think it's almost done. See what I'm saying? Like, you, what's the game plan, guys? Who knows? What's the game plan? Who knows? But for now, we can so, relax for a little bit. Um, so now, like, yeah, but it's like it's a temporary band aid. It's a temporary band-aid on a weight that's pulling in the other direction. Uh, Morbius filming was uh, confirmed to have completed in June 2019. See? So that I completely means if they offer, so if they, they purchase them, let's just say, let's just say, yeah. they purchase them tomorrow, they offer $10 billion, and then Marvel Studios says, we're going to keep Tom Holland and all the things that we did with the Marvel Studios films but Venom is like, I don't really, we don't really know what to do with that anymore. We can't just indoctrinate them because they made a lot of money, just like Deadpool did, but we don't really know what to do with it. So, well, there is that other line in the press release, remember, that said, hey, he's the first character to jump universes. Do you know what that, you know what that tells me? That tells, that tells me that me. Tom Holland's going to show up in Venom too. <laughs> That's going to tell me that Tom Holland shows up in Venom 2 and there's going to be no continuity continuity between 
those movies. Nope. And unless it's retcon that Venom happened in the MCU. That's never happening. When did that happen? When no, did I'm Venom saying it. Happen? Um, I mean, it, they could retcon in there. Who knows? It could have happened at some it. point in time. They could retcon Deadpool in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Probably, more yeah. than they can for Venom. Because it happens in San Francisco. You know who else is in San Francisco? Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Yeah, but Ant-Man technically didn't happen until... What year did he come out? 2015? 2015, yeah. So in-universe, in was that also 2015? Uh, dude, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, it could have either A, happened around before Ant-Man showed up while he while uh Scott was still in prison possibly uh, because you already ha- because at the end of that movie you have Falcon saying you got people climbing up walls and crap obviously that's a reference to Spider-Man but it could also be a reference to Venom I don't know I just don't so, know I mean, about it this. can happen it can happen it, uh, look anything can happen but I don't think Disney's going to fork over it 9 billion yeah I think that's a little high. A little high. Yeah. Now, granted, they could do it in like three years, but it doesn't matter. A little high. A little high. Um, so, and there's other things that we were talking about. You know, there's these weird scenes that are coming out now because of the box set for Marvel Cinematic Universe. We had a scene with Nick Fury mentioning gamma radiation and radioactive spiders. Radioactive spiders. Or bugs, all of rather. These. Right. There's also a video of that. We don't really have that much time to talk about, but I'll post it anyway. It's from Emergency Awesome, and it's a theory about how the X Men are going to be introduced. And the videos hit or miss, but this video is really good. I really, really like this video, and I watched yeah. it a couple of times. So that's one part. The second part is there's a Joker movie that just came out. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and we're going to talk about it now. That's right. Do you know why, Jace? Why? Oh no. Because. We this is the do. worst line ever, ever written. We do a thing here called Ugh. a cubby. It allows us to be consistent and organized following the overall reception, plot, here it comes. action. There it goes. Acting. Yeah. Music. Uh huh. Cinematography, conclusion, and stingers. I know. There it is. There it, it, is. O- it always happens. The voice just, okay. just comes out. Just Ricardo Montalban has returned once again, ladies Listen, and gentlemen. I kind of started Jokery, and then I just went into my spiel. Oh, yeah. That's what happens. Cesar Romero? Can't, uh, ooh, with the mustache? Maybe with the mustache. It's so weird seeing a Joker with a mustache. Go, full Gomez Adams. <laughs> Gosh. I do want to see that movie, by the way. I do still want to see that movie, too. It, lo- it kind of fun. We're just getting sidetracked here because we, we need to talk about this movie because it's... Um, Gosh, this movie. Yeah, so what are your thoughts, clown boy? Okay. I'm mm-hmm. going to address this very quickly. Okay. No, I do not like clowns. I am very... I'm not going to say afraid. Frightened. Maybe not the same word. Of clowns. Uh, here's the deal, though. Mm-hmm. My the way my psyche works, the way my bank account is set up, a very strange psyche. Uh, there are two clowns that I can actually stomach and mm-hmm. not be not be frightened by them at all. 
the uh-huh. two clowns being the Joker. Uh-huh. And the second, which, again, in my mind, makes no sense, uh, is Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. Yeah, that's like... And if you're asking yourself, wait, isn't that the clown that looks like he destroyed his face and has flames for hair? Yeah, no, uh-huh. that's him. That's him. With the, with the big machete, too, and the ice cream truck. No, that's him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine with him. I'm fine. I'm okay with him, and I'm okay with the Joker. So... Um, but regular Ringling, clowns, no, thank you. <laughs> Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey clowns, no, no thank you. Uh, it Joker, no, thank Joker, you. Joker is fine. Joker's fine. It, it not okay. No, but it's not good. It's Sweet not okay. Tooth is okay. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, mm, don't know. Don't know. Yeah, you're weird. I'm very weird. I, I, you've known this about me for years. I just every single time I ask questions, I have more questions. I don't listen. We're gonna need it's like a three-hour episode of me going into this, and I don't feel like doing that. I just—it doesn't make sense. It would so. It would stand to reason that if there's clearly a relationship that was formed between you and Sweet Tooth and Joker, if you were to form a new relationship with just clowns in general, do you feel like you could overcome this fear? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Because well, think about it—they're weird. I, I just no, they're not. Like, have you seen the clowns from Pee Wee's Herm- Herman's have movie? Have you seen this so freaking horrible. movie? Gosh, have you seen Joker? Yeah, but you Joker's, haven't seen Joker. I have seen the Joker. What's wrong with you? I just it doesn't good. make sense to me, dude. Because Joker is a different entity. No, he's not. He's a child of chaos. He is a clown who is clearly disturbed. He's very mentally disturbed. Absolutely correct. He is very mentally disturbed. Or he is the most sane person in the world and we're just the crazy ones. Oh my god. This is why I don't like the movie. I take that back. I take that back. (laughs) I I very much enjoy this movie. I have problems with it and it's a problem with its structure. Interesting. Yeah. I um Reception. Yes. Trailers, what are your thoughts? Uh, I thought the first trailer was a little bit like, I think we, I think I remember us talking about this. Um, the first one was kind of like, all right, I'm interested, but I'm not like sold yet. It wasn't until the second or either the full length or the second trailer, one of the two that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of on board with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, at first the trailers were like, okay, I mean, I'm going to go watch it cause it's a comic book movie. It's about the Joker. I like the Joker, obviously. Um, the trailers, I feel like, don't do it justice at all. Um, either that or it's just... I feel like the trailers almost make it a different movie, if that's weird. I don't know. I disagree. Um, I think this trailer was absolutely everything that it needed to be in order for the movie to be explained in order to get butts and seats. That's fair. That's fair to say. Yeah, I guess it didn't resonate because again, we're we're thinking of it as a comic book film, comic book film, comic book film. That's not what this was. This is not a comic book film. This is not a comic book. It's based on a comic book character, but it's it not a comic is. book film. It feels um, more like a character study. Yeah, it's a character study, it's a drama. Uh it's, you know, it's character driven, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a typical comic book movie by any means, by any means. Um 
And I guess that's why, to me, the trailers were kind of like, eh. But then you watch the movie and you're like, okay, well, now I now I fully understand why. Because this is not your typical comic book movie. It, mm. again, just happens to be based on this very well-known comic book character. Mm. Which is fine, because this movie is incredible. Like, this movie is... Legitimately gets you thinking, like, okay, um, you know, what is... What does all this mean? Like, it makes you think about like the society in general. Like, I was watching Chris Tuckman's review, and he's absolutely right. Like, you think about a lot of things after this movie. You know, it's interesting that you brought up Chris Tuckman because um, I felt some type of way when I was watching this film, and then I thought about it some more. I didn't feel good at the end of the movie. I uh, I don't know what exactly what I was expecting to feel at the end of this movie. Um, it wasn't joy, and I don't know if I was supposed to feel joy, but I don't know. The <sighs> Chris Duckman is very eloquent in how he explains how he feels about movies, much more than I am. So I have to give him props in his review. But there was a, I felt like I had seen some of these things before in the review. I'm sorry, in the movie, watching the movie. And in his review, he explains that there's a lot of similarities to Taxi Driver. Yes. And I'm like, yes, that's what I was feeling for the entire movie. Which is another movie I still haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you haven't seen Mean Girls, so I don't even know why we're talking. Come on, why do you guys say it like that? I mean, just because it's October 4th. And yesterday was October 3rd. And do you know what October 3rd is? It's when the... Lindsay Lohan told that boy what day it was. You just, you just, it's his name is Aaron Samuels. Okay. Just stop, okay. just stop. We're not going to talk about this right now. You're making me very upset. Anyways. <sighs> uh, continue, I watched please. Taxi Driver a long time ago, and I didn't feel great at the end of that movie either. And what, as soon as he said that, it started to click to me why I wasn't feeling this movie. And maybe this is getting on to an overall arcing new cubby that we're talking about specifically for this episode. Because I feel like this is a weird special movie that it has to be done. Sure. I don't like movies where I spend a majority of the time with a character I know to be the villain and there's no hero or foil to him. So what happens is that you spend most of this time with this character and you, you know, just because the way movies are typically set up, historically set up, when you follow that character for the amount of time that you follow them, sure. You, they go through the hero's journey and you follow them. And because of the time spent with them, you start to sympathize and empathize with them. Right. But he is still a villain, and the decisions that the Joker or Art Fleck makes in the film are bad ones. Yeah. And it's like you, you are in this weird space where it's unsettling, where you're like, oh, I feel sorry for this character. I can imagine myself in this. And then he kills people, and you're like, well, that's not what I would have done. Sure. And we spend most of the movie in this very awkward space. Or I'm watching somebody descend into madness mm-hmm. who's already mentally ill, and it's just like, yeah, got it, but no, 
and I don't get that. And yes, I got it, but no, I don't get that. Right. And it's it like makes, it's like you understand, but at the same time, it's like I wouldn't make those choices. So no, I don't understand. Yeah, and now so what happens is violence. I'm not going to say I'm okay with violence, but everything is all context. We literally have a show called Fresh Geek Context where we do we present something, we give a context, and what we just presented that didn't make sense a moment ago now makes sense. So violence on its own is not okay. But when you're watching it in a movie, I understand there's a disconnect, and my logical mature brain understands that this is entertainment and I know how it's presented, it's going to be okay. But when I'm spending this time in this weird, uneven balance and then I see violence, it feels magnified and I don't like that. I really sure. don't like that. And then at the end, when everything just kind of comes together, I don't want to get into jumping into different coveys, but at the end, I didn't know what I was supposed to feel. I don't know if we were going to get a flashback. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a flashback. I didn't know if we were going to get a flash forward or we were going to jump in time and say like, Hey, he's getting out. And now there's this new character in town. His name is Batman. Right. Like 20 and years he, in the future. Some like something like, give me something. And we didn't get that. We just got this weird, Hey, here's this crazy person. His name is Arthur Fleck. He's clearly disturbed and he's here. He is trying and here he is failing. And here's people taking advantage of him. And here he is in a, in a crazy city that's just getting worse and worse and worse in yeah. every single moment. You know who's actually very similar in the path of Arthur Fleck? Hmm. Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. You're not wrong. But Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2 follows that perfectly. Yeah. And he gets to the point where he's like physically tired. And yeah. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to have joy? Am I supposed to do this? And then there's something. He have been contrived, but it's still of one, probably one of the most intimate scenes that I've seen in a comic book film. Ursula comes in and says, would you like to have cake? I've always been very perplexed by this scene, but now as an adult, I understand it a lot more than I did before. And in this movie, there are plenty of moments, plenty of moments, where Arthur could have gone through that, but he was too over the edge. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I don't know, man. It's just, there, there's a lot of these weird, strange moments where bad things happen, and it's just, it felt sometimes to me more of an excuse than it did than an unfortunate set of circumstances. It's like the killing joke. It's an important... Uh, anybody, anybody under the right set of circumstances having a bad day can descend into madness. Yep, just one it's bad one of them, day. All it takes one is one bad, bad day. day. Exactly. And I don't know, man. I just didn't... I guess that's what they were going for, but I don't know how I received it. I mean, it's understandable, obviously. there's a, a, there's a lot of controversy going on with this movie when it comes to violence and things like that. This movie, I don't think, is a justification, first of all. Like I, I don't think, think so either. Huh? I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't for, first of all I don't think it's it's not a justification like oh he's mentally ill this is why he does it blah blah blah. No, no. A there's no excuse for the things that he does in this movie. First and foremost, mm -hmm. right? But the character of the Joker, right? 
that's what he is. That's what he embodies. He embodies this, this chaos, this evil, right? That's what he is. And this movie isn't saying that, oh, you should empathize with him and things of that nature. This movie is just saying, hey, there are people in this world who can't be helped. Just like what Alfred says in The Dark Knight, right? People can't be bought, reasonable, reasoned with, nothing, negotiated nothing. Some men just want to watch the world burn. This is the origin for that character because he saw the world burning around him, you know? His life was going down and he this was the only way that he saw that he can get out of that. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not a justification, but it shows you what, how much one person is willing to take. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before they finally snap. And that's pretty much what this movie, you know, conveys. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. There's a scene. Um, maybe we should just go through it. Yeah. Um, uh, by box. the way, full 100% spoilers. We were already past that. But just yeah. saying. Just confirming just saying. it one more time. So plot. What is go the plot? It. What would you... I mean, the plot is I about mean, the, a man the named... Plot, yeah, the plot's about a man named Arthur Fleck who works as a uh, and a clown sign person, those people they see on the street with signs twirling and all that, sign twirling. I think that's a an agency for clowns to be distributed in different sections right. of the city. So he can yeah, work in a hospital, he can work as a... bunch of different things. Right. Uh, so, yep, working as a clown, uh, mm. pretty much it's just his life and uh, how, I guess, he descends into madness. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty right? much and what that, it is. And that plot isn't really so he's not a genius in this film. No. And the Joker, the character, is a genius because he knows how to devise plans to make people be in a very specific set of circumstances before sure. they crack. You know, the scene in The Dark Knight where he's got two boats, one is full of um convicts. you know convicts and prisoners and the other ones are civilians and he puts the trigger i mean like that's a ingenious plot ingenious mm-hmm. yeah and he's like what are the people going to do right you know here he kind of seems like a normal guy and he's more upset with his life circumstances and where he comes from versus this grandiose kind of overblown person. Yeah. It didn't really feel like an origin story to me. It just felt like a person who turned into the Joker. That's fair. It, you know what I mean? It's not like, hey, this is the character. Come follow me, and we're going to find out how this got started. It just felt like, here is this person who just laughs. And, you know, when they start explaining his, his condition where his emotions don't align up with his laughter. Yeah. You can already tell, like, 
clearly we're just talking about a person and then he becomes a joker it's just presentations everything sure and these are the things that i noticed like he spends his moment where he's like crying and he's trying to force a smile onto his face. Yeah. You can tell he's clearly struggling. Yeah. Clearly struggling. He gets beat down by some kids and then um, he's making faces to kids. Like he's trying his very hardest mm-hmm. to have a normal to life. To adjust into this life. Yeah. To have a normal life. And it's just every single moment he turns around, he's getting kicked in the teeth. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, Ah uh, man, move <laughs> like right outside the city, anywhere else. <laughs> just get anywhere out. else. Like do do something. Take control. Just get out. Yeah. So, but again, by that point, he was already too far gone. I think he was too far gone by the time the story started. Yeah, and I exactly. say that because I agree. He, I mean, especially yeah. when you I mean, learn he about already him. spent time in a mental institution. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, and then you what know, you learn about him a little no, bit later, you know, with yeah. With the mother and uh, him so being let's talk about that kid, also that because stuff. that's part of the plot. Yeah. So you know his mother in the film is you know is weak and elderly and needs to be taken care of and she mentions the name of Thomas Wayne yep. who plays Bruce Wayne's father in the film. She says he's a very kind man. He he can help us and then he gets this letter pretty much explaining. Oh no. He doesn't get a letter. He opens he, the letter his mother. a letter. Yeah. His mother wrote. His mother wrote to Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And he's very upset by this because he doesn't necessarily like Thomas Wayne. And there's this moment that they exchange, not in person, but through the television, where he's talking about the crimes that were committed against the three men who were murdered by a clown. Obviously, Arthur has... Yeah. An interest of, of this at this point and the parallels are being drawn by people who wear a mask and you can clearly tell it's very apparent that what he's talking about is setting up the precedent of what Batman is to become sure so when you do these things it's like who is being presented when these words are being said you're talking about Batman before Batman was ever conceived as an idea Right. But you're showing me Joker. So it's like, okay, I understand how the foil comes in, but the foil never comes in. The foil never comes in. So what you're it's weird because now what they're forcing me to do is fill in the blanks. And I have a very imaginative imagination. And it's like I like movies that make me think, but when I start building the movie for myself, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it. So Right, but the thing is you're trying to fill in the blanks of the story outside of the Joker. You're starting to build the story of Gotham and Batman. That's not what this is about. Yes, you have Thomas Wayne in there. Yes, you have Bruce in there, obviously. But you're building not the things that this movie isn't focusing on. You're thinking, again, in comic book terms, you're thinking, okay, then this guy will eventually become... You know, the, the Joker that we know, and then we're going to see Batman, and blah, blah, blah. The, this movie has nothing to do with that at all. This happens to be... I got that. Right. So this happens to be a movie where it's clearly on the Joker. Nothing Batman yet, obviously. This is his early days, quote-unquote. His first day at being out in the Joker. And again, you're talking about these building blocks that shouldn't come until much, much later. Here's my problem with that. Here's my problem. And I guess this is where my my 
I can't even say it's frustration, but it's just, again, it's unsettling because it's like, I know what they're trying to do. I know that they're trying to make an original take on a movie and I don't expect this to be connected to anybody, you know, that's in this, you know, DCEU or whatever they want to call themselves these days. But the problem is, is that they're taking advantage of the lore because they're using the lore because that person who's Thomas Wayne who's going through the monologue of what the Batman is or going to be anybody in the world could have said that did it have to be Thomas Wayne it didn't have to be and that's my problem like you're I mean you're it didn't leaning on have things, to but you're be like, it could have been anybody dude it could have been uh, it could have been a, a commissioner it didn't have to be Gordon it didn't have to be his superior. It didn't have to be anybody. It could have been anybody. It could have been a dude on the street. And I would have been okay with it. I would have been okay with it. But you, you, they purposely made the connection between Thomas Wayne and his family and Alfred. I'm assuming it was Alfred because it was the butler. It's um, 100% but Alfred. They made, yeah. it, but they made these connections and it's like, do you want me to make the connection? Because you're you're hitting it on the nose. Yeah, they're making the connection, obviously, because, yes, this is a character that lives in Gotham City, who also lives in Gotham City. Obviously, you can't talk about Gotham without some, saying something about the Wayne. I don't know. It's just, it, it, felt, it felt weird to me, the connection, not connection, that they were making. And then, again, because he doesn't have a foil, it wasn't like Thomas Wayne met up with Arthur Fleck and said what you're doing and the decisions that you're making are bad and I'm going to fight you the only way I know how. Like, I would have appreciated that because then somebody would stand up to the Joker and try and bring him back to good. But that never happens. There's no moment of redemption or a chance for a redemption. That's because that's not what the character's about. It's freefall, though. Everyone has decisions. And no one... He, I, it always appeared to me that he was acting out of desperation, which I get. I totally understand that. I understand that other people make decisions out of desperation, but he never had a chance. He never was really truly presented with a chance that I'm sure somebody somewhere could have done something, or at least presented. And if he said, I'm good. That would make me feel a little bit more grounded. You know what I mean? Like, make it clear. Yeah, I, I but get it, it. but I, I again, at the end of the day, that's that's just not that character. Like, the Joker is is yeah. somebody. Again, he doesn't he doesn't care. He does. He's not reasonable. He just does what he thinks is quote unquote the right thing. And nine times out of ten, the right thing. Well, 10 times out of 10, the right thing is the bad thing. That's his mentality. His mentality... Well, not in this movie. Not in this uh, movie. Again, because he's still descending. Exactly. Because he's still descending. Exactly. I don't know. This is, I mean, this is, this is... But do you see why I'm having struggling with this movie? Sure. sure. That's the reason why. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's not like he's a constant. He's this character who's grounded, and he comes from someplace, and he was clearly abused and his mother just didn't understand that laughing was a way of coping and she always pegged that with happiness which is why he called him happy and i'm like not happy not happy happy. 
You all need therapy. <laughs> Every single one of you. Not happy. So that's just, that's the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Then there's action and acting. So not much action. I will no. say that. I don't know if you had a different no, point of view. There were some. The last 30 minutes, very sure. brief action but, scenes. Yeah. Overall, not really much. Sure. But acting, however, is something that I really did appreciate by all the people. Mm-hmm. Who are there? We have Zazie Beats yep. uh, from Atlanta fame and also Deadpool now fame. Deadpool, uh, yeah. We also have Brian Tyree yeah. Henry uh, from Atlanta fame. Uh, he's now in Joker and he's also will be appearing in Eternals, which I'm really excited yep. for. Um, and is that all of the acting that's delivered by all of the actors and actresses in this film? Very good. Robert De Niro. I mean, whenever he's on screen, he always just has a presence to command your attention. Exactly. And I didn't really feel like he was acting in this film. It kind of felt like he was just kind of being himself. Right, exactly. I felt the same, actually. Which is something that the character needed. It, it, it Which worked. Which absolutely yeah. worked. And um, Joaquin Phoenix was... I felt like he had a, a lot of creative freedom to take his interpretation over who this person was. And there's some really menacing moments where I'm assuming that he murdered Zazie Beats' character. Oh, he absolutely did. His neighbor. Absolutely did. And he's storming out the hallway, and the glare that he has in his hair and his, in his eyes is just, it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, again, the moments where he's staring into the his mirror right before he gets hit in the face with a sign... He's pulling his cheekbacks, and you can see the look of desperation in his eyes. That is not an easy thing to do. Um, and it's he like never the first five minutes of the movie, by the way. First five minutes of the movie, and I was just like, okay, he's there's something wrong here. Yeah. And you know, we never talk about makeup, but I have to give it to makeup department. Yeah. For the blood scenes where he stabs the his coworker in the eyeball and the blood splatter. I mean, very well done. The artwork for when Joker finally transforms into the Joker and he's walking down the hallway, it's really, really good. Yeah. It's so, so very well done. Yes, I and agree. And it makes me enjoy the poster because after he after he makes the, the, the killing of the three men, he, um, he goes into the bathroom and has this very cathartic dance and he's becoming the Joker. And he's staring up at the ceiling and his face is all the way at the bottom and it's what they use for the poster and it looks like a painting yeah so you have to give props to the the makeup department for that no absolutely um but yeah when it comes to again not much action again unless you're talking about the last 30 minutes where it's just full-on just go 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 um yeah joaquin oh. phoenix is just <sighs> i've never Movies don't make me feel uncomfortable. Like, almost never. Even horror movies don't really make me feel uncomfortable. But there are moments when he's just not saying anything. Just staring, glaring, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just like, it's a little, uh, it's a little creepy. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. If, I had, if there was a gentleman staring at me just like that, I would not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, again, just his facial expressions, his eyes... The laugh that he does, the laugh that he's like, it's hurting me. Mm-hmm. Just so, so well done. 
Mm. Um, he did an incredible, incredible, incredible job. And then, of yeah. course, I do like uh, Zez Beach. She was awesome. And that twist with her, that was insane. Like, yeah. I, I honestly did not. There were a lot of things that were predictable to me. That I'm like, all right, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to shoot him, blah, blah, blah. That was one that I did not see. Mm. Like, that one was very, very well done. And, yeah, everybody just did a, did a great job. Um I even enjoyed like the little the little ones like uh, Alfred. You mentioned he was in there for a little bit. He's in there for literally one scene, but I liked them. One scene, but I liked them a lot. Uh, and then even the <laughs> even the cops, I liked them too. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody did a great job. So I thought it was very, very well done. And then the whole Thomas Wayne thing, um, I liked him. I thought he was good, uh, but he he was definitely a different Thomas Wayne than what I feel like we're used to um thomas has always been portrayed in the past from what we've seen or maybe we've seen it from bruce's eyes all this time and now we're seeing like a raw version maybe um but thomas to me has always been like this very caring person kind of uh like a very i don't know like a gentleman i guess not Mm. necessarily the way that he was portrayed here but, which doesn't mean I didn't like it. Like, I liked the portrayal. But it was just very yeah. different from what we've gotten, which I, I don't mind. Like, and it can be something fresh. So I like that. Um, but, yeah, I thought everybody did a fantastic, fantastic job. What I want to talk about, though, is the music. Yeah. Because the music, we say this every single time, music complements the film, right? Mm-hmm. There are so many beats for lack of a better term where the music is so sinister and so mysterious that you could have i feel like those some of the scenes could have been silent but it still worked with the score and the score Mm. of this film is just so creepy and it just added on to it even more than what Joaquin was already bringing. Like he was bringing like a hundred, the music brought like another hundred and it was just mashing them together. was just insane. Um, There was also at the very, very, I think it was at the beginning of the movie. uh, You kind of hear, I don't know what the instrument or what causes it, but you kind of hear like um, a little bit of like the Hans Zimmer of when you, when the dark night opens, like you hear the, that string that goes across, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like that, like I heard that a little bit in this film and every single time it kind of reminded me of the dark Knight a little bit and of that Joker and stuff like that. So little homages mm-hmm. like that. I enjoyed as well. Yeah. So, Hmm. I wonder because the, the, the score is very excellent. There are times where the violin was hit a little too hard on the nose it felt like it almost felt at times because of the consistency and how often and frequently we were seeing author fall into madness sure where i was just like okay yeah let's play the sad violin for author again that's it like it it felt that was the only part that felt truly comical to me sure i was just like Okay, okay, here's another bad thing that happens to author. I wonder what's going to happen to him now. Right. So, 
But that doesn't take away from the score. The score was excellently done. And, you know, the parts that were most effective were at the very beginning where it kind of brings you into this sadness that's there and it kind of leads you to question, why do I feel so sad for this character? Right. Come with me and I'll show you. Yeah. So the the music, I like it when, when composing does this. I mean, we talked about this when we saw Hate Crime. What seems to be like the stock sound, you know, delivered you know, the emotion that needed to be delivered at the time that we heard it to make us feel something. Right. It worked. It, it worked very effectively. Yeah. And, you know, the Joker movie is, is absolutely responsible. Sure. Of taking that into account. That's music. Now, cinematography and then conclusion. We're not going to get into the last one because the last one is Stingers and there are none. Well, maybe there is one, but yeah, whatever. There's... I don't consider it a Stinger. Yeah. Same. Um, but but cinematography is something that I I enjoyed watching this film. Yeah. Probably before I even got into the theater to actually watch it, because the this I want to call it cell shading, but the faded material at the time when they you know this film is taking place gives the vibe that this is something that happened currently. So. And then you have these amazing shots of, you know, these close-up and these wide angles and there's a little bit of duality that's happening. For example, when Arthur is walking towards Wayne Manor and he's kind of smiling and he's shaking his head. Yeah. It's a happy scene, but you know that the person isn't happy by this point. So right. it's hard to do, how do I move this camera to give this airy feeling and how do I jerk the camera and put it, you know, on the ground as if I'm, you know, dr you know, frantically trying to escape this monster that's literally walking right over me. Sure. It's crazy how much they do this during this film. Yeah. Um, but I noticed every single shot. Yeah. One of my favorite shots, honestly, was uh, when he cleans out the fridge and then he goes in. Uh, just mm. because yeah. the way that that shot is framed, it's just so, mm -hmm. and the way the camera kind of zooms in slowly, it's, mm -hmm. ugh, it's, it's creepy, you know, like, it's just like, I think, uh, what it, you definitely feel uncomfortable during that scene for sure. Just because of the, again, the way that it's shot, not that he's, I mean, it's weird that he's going in a fridge, right? Whatever. But just the way that it's shot and the way that it's framed is just like you get this very weird feeling from it. Like something's not obviously something hasn't right. Again, he's going to a fridge, but you personally get that feeling like something's not right about this. Mm -hmm. And it's just so ugh, it's just so weird. And just thinking about it gives me a little bit of goosebumps. Um oh. but the movie as a whole, like, you know, the shots of the city and things like that is just so so well done in the fact like you can see this city rotting like literally rotting and oh. just going into chaos yeah. the entire time. And that, yeah. you know, was very, very well done. So I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I guess, I don't know if you want to call this a stinger or not, but like they also did a lot of homages to, you know, the Dark Knight and things like that. Like, of course, when he's in the cop car, that's the same shot that they did of the Joker in Dark Knight. 
Um, I think there's a scene where he's walking up to Arkham and it's kind of like the scene again from the Dark Knight um, when he's walking to the, around the hospital and stuff like that. So he did little little nice shots like that. And again, I, I got this from Chris Duckman's review because I haven't seen it. Apparently, there's a lot of uh, shots that were taken from like taxi or homages that were taken from like Taxi Driver and things like that. Um, I don't know if you caught oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've never seen it, so I don't know. But I sir, I mean, I did. I I did when I was watching the film. It felt like I said strange because I was like, this feels familiar. Sure. Why does this feel familiar? That's right. As soon as he said taxi, I didn't see the other movie that Chris Deckman was talking about. Um, but Taxi Driver is something I'm very familiar with. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, Robert De Niro plays an insane person. He's a Vietnam vet and just, it's, it's a seedy city that he's living you know, living in. And he just gets pushed up to a point where he feels like he has to defend himself. So as soon as he gets the gun yeah, and in the Joker movie, it's, uh, About the same. Yeah. I just started, I started feeling like, mm, does this person really need a gun? Does he need to be presented with a gun? Guns you know. are too quick. You can't savor <laughs> the, the little moments. moments. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you can really tell which of them. What does he say? Um, That's when you know which one of them. Which one really? Yeah, you get to know the. In, in a sense, I knew your friends better friends than you better did. Better than you did. Want to know which one of them are cowards? I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as much as you are. God, such a good movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, so yeah, in conclusion, I guess, uh, this movie, it it blew me away. It honestly did. And it's just very well shot, very well done. And again, it, it's not... It's not just a comic book film. It's it's generally great movie, great mm. film, piece of art, honestly. And sure, you can sit here and be like, well, yeah, but it also condones this. And like, look, everything. You can complain about violence when it comes to anything. People are doing about video games. People are doing about movies. People are doing about books, right? It's the mm-hmm. same thing over and over again violence is going to come from somewhere. You always need to point it at something. Mm-hmm. But this film ultimately is is to me saying that, hey, there are some troubled people out there. And while there's no justification for them doing any of these horrible things, there is a way for us to hopefully help them. And then maybe this won't occur anymore. Right. Mm. That's kind of what I can take away from it. I agree to a point. This movie is constructed extremely well. Yeah. Down to the cinematography, down to the composing, down to the act. Like the movie is a great, it's, it's composition is um, to be rivaled. I just wish they had not better content. I just, I'd like to have some sort of, I like cliffhangers. I like happy endings. I'm even okay with sad endings at times, but I don't like unfinished ones. And I didn't get a finished ending. Yes, he goes to jail, but he breaks out. I don't know. 
It didn't feel like that he broke out. He just kind of felt like he was just running around, the, uh, running around, you know, just complete madness, which is like this very kind of tongue in cheek. It was just like, you know, the crazy people go back to jail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, you can almost, you know, close your eyes and listen to the Looney Tunes fanfare theme song playing, you know, you off when it's all over. Yeah. So I don't know. Yes, I enjoyed the movie. This is gonna, I'm going to put this up there with Dunkirk, a movie that was so good I never intend to watch it again. Interesting. Because I do have Dunkirk up there. Dunkirk, we've talked about this, the most stressful, stressful like, hour movie. and 45 minutes of my life. Yeah. Like, that movie, like, ugh. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I'll ever watch Dunkirk again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I can't foresee myself saying, yes, I want to purchase this because I want to watch this again. Yeah. If I were to do that, I would definitely want to rent it and then watch the director's commentary on it. Sure. That's the only thing that I really would like. I would love to know the thoughts of what Todd Phillips was thinking, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. But other than that, you know, no, I have no, no desire whatsoever to ever watch this movie ever again. Uh, I, I will definitely watch this again, for sure. You will. I will, absolutely. Okay. That's because really indifferent. because at the end of the day, it's it's about a character that I really like. You know, I mean, obviously, yes, the character does horrible, horrible things, but it's part of a bigger mythos that I really enjoy. Um, and it's you know, I just I just really like the way that it was portrayed here because I love the way that you know Heath Ledger portrayed him in The Dark Knight. I love the way Jack Nicholson portrayed him in. Uh, in the Batman movie from 1989. I guess Cesar Romero, if we have to talk about him. <laughs> like, no, we don't. I mean, you know, that's whatever. And of course, Mark Hamill, right? Um, mm. So, like, I love this character. And so I will definitely, you know, continue to watch this because I do enjoy seeing that character. Do I condone what he does? Absolutely not. Like, that's just crazy if you do. Um, which is, I guess, is he the whole needs point to have of his comeuppance. Yeah. Um, he needs to have his comeuppance. Yeah, but this is kind of again, this is his film. This is his his you know rise, I guess, to becoming who he eventually will be, which is you know Batman's biggest nemesis. Um, mm-hmm. But you kind of see his descent into madness in this film, and seeing that, and trying to quote unquote understand the character, even though this technically you still don't understand him at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. which is again part of what his character is I think it's great and I think it adds to the bigger you know Joker mythos out there yeah yeah. so and at the very end I mean that's really it I mean yeah, that's really it it's not, a, it's not a really terribly long movie the one stinger that um, I actually did appreciate and I'm kind of I thought it was unfortunate that we never got a chance to really see more of this mm-hmm. is you do get a chance to see Bruce Wayne and his family. You do. Uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne. They, you can't get past one movie. I was just like, maybe this will be the movie. Maybe this will be the movie where we don't actually get to see uh, um, a good old fashioned Martha and Thomas Wayne murder. But <laughs> tr- truth be told, the, you know, Custom pearls. Yeah. They came, they came raining down. 
How many times so, have we seen Thomas and Martha every, shot? Every single time, Josh. It's like, again, How many again, times have we again, seen again, them shot? Even in a movie that doesn't have Batman in it, we have to see it. I have to see it. If it involves Gotham in any way. God. We're going down crime alley. Poor Here Thomas and Martha forever to just be portrayed as being shot down in an alley. Oh with the gosh. necklace being ripped. It has to be. Why? You know what's funny? It's just like, as soon as they started it, I thought it was going to be a moment where it's just like, well, you know, Bruce is there, so yeah. this would be just a wasted opportunity if you don't kill him now. Exactly. So they go in, and as soon as they, as he pulls the trigger, and Thomas goes down, I was like, you better break those pearls now. I yep. mean, you've committed. You've gone all the way. Like, you, you've got to finish the job. Exactly. So she gets shot, and you know the pearls come clutching down. I was like, "There it is! Now we got a real Batman movie. Now, yeah, right. now here it is." So I do like that it wasn't obviously it wasn't the Joker that did it because they, that's what they did for the 1989 movie, but his actions caused it to happen. I guess I do like makes that. It. I, yeah. I I want to say that I did enjoy that, and yeah. that would be something that Bruce would remember and say like, "Hey." You are responsible. You are the symbol for what is wrong in this city. And I'm exactly. going to cleanse it. Yeah. I did enjoy that. I just wish they give me like give me something, man. Yeah. You could have he was what, ten in that scene? Something like that, yeah. Give so me then a decade later. A decade later. A no, decade that would I feel like that would have been too much. Like oh, I first of all, I think it was too much to watch them die again because we've seen them like a billion times. But like, I I do honestly this? think it would have been way too much and it would have made the film I'm not going to say it wouldn't have made it not worth it but it definitely would have been tonally completely different from the last two hours that we just witnessed if we all of a sudden just flashed back and saw a man dressed as a bat there in all honesty it could have been a it could have been a shadow could have been a shadow but even then I feel like it just tonally would not have fit with the rest of the movie I disagree. There's so many ways that you can present Batman. There are, there are, but I feel like in that, in this particular instance, in this particular film, there's obviously we know that Batman can be done realistically. We just we saw a beautiful trilogy directed by Christopher Nolan, and that's true, right? So we know that a realistic, real life Batman can exist, but. For the way that this film was shot, the way that this film was presented, I feel like it would have totally been completely out of the blue. Okay, you have Batman there. You could have had him as in the Fox 5. I'm sorry, not 5. Uh, Fox Kids cartoons. Nope. Nope. If you had him, yep. If you nope. had him all the way on the top of a building. Nope. In the very last scene. And lightning struck, and then you see this little picture of this little tiny person standing on top of a building. That's all I would have needed. You don't have to show him. You don't have to do crazy design on it. Just a uh, dark figure with a cape. Yeah, I, di- I disagree. He should. He they definitely made the right call and not have done any of that. Definitely. Uh, I I love well, Batman as much as the next guy, but no, that would have been absolutely not. That would not have fit with this film. I don't know. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. But well, I also wanted the Avengers lined up together and Cap going, Avengers assemble. I didn't get that either. So boom. Just saying. You said it in the last movie. 
I know, but I didn't get it the way that I wanted it. How did, how did you want it? I told you how I wanted it. Anyway, moving I just, on. I just... No, but he said sorry. it. But Yeah, but he, he, he did it with, like, out of breath and not, like, all yelling it and stuff. Anyway, moving on. Because he was getting ready to fight an army. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll tell you what, if you like what we have to say, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Jace Rockland and Josh. I am at JCA90. You can also find us over on the Twitter at FGC Podcast, on Instagram as FGC Podcast, or email us at freshheatcontext at gmail.com. Why is it the Twitter? Because it's funny. It's like on the line. Oh, I get it. It's a joke. Yes, it's a yoke. Got it. You can also visit our <laughs> you can also visit our website at freshgeekcontext.com for past episodes. And lastly, if you could, you can please hit the subscribe button for us on iTunes, Google Play Music Store, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and now Spotify. It goes a long way for us to know that you're listening. You can go to the podcast section or the podcast app on your device and share with your friends so they can be Fresh Geeks too. Until next time. You want to know how I got these scars? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, I can't tell you (laughs) i had nothing prepared because i didn't know what you were gonna say i know i i I surprise you i i do want to know how you got those scars uh knock knock no okay who's there robert nero good night bye